So this week's episode is a special one to me because we have Josh Hughes with us today. And I think by the end of this podcast, you guys are going to understand the reason why it's so special. I'm excited not only to have him on and be able to talk some dog stuff with him, but I'm just thrilled to be able to know him and gain inspiration from Josh. So I'm going to start off, Josh, by letting you introduce yourself for a moment. Let everybody know who you are. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and we'll move on from there. My name is Joshua Hughes. I grew up in New York State. I joined the Guards, the Vermont Guard. I was deployed to Iraq, 0405. Come home as a boy. All right, so, so then I got a motorcycle. Driving back and forth to New York, to Vermont. I was in an accident, left me paralyzed. So then I moved down to Georgia. I was doing something about it. I jarred, I choked on it, aspirated. I died. Mom came home, finally. Brought me back to life. And then that was the biggest hiccup of my life. I used to be able to push me in a chair. Now I have to roll these wheels and the power. And so when I was in New York, I bought a dog up there. His name is Trapper. He was a Probably the best dog I've ever had. He passed away many years ago, though, and just life's not what I thought it was going to be, but I suck up and drive on. Well, I think that, you know, opening it up with your introduction, I think will really humble some people to really know what you go through every day. And I think that's what inspired us the most and really what gravitated us together. And I say this often to people. Dogs bring so many people together. I guess it's kind of hard to explain through words on the events through our life, including yours, that dogs have impacted, right? Not just the obvious, mm-hmm. you know, having man's best friend, the comfort, the unwavering commitment that a dog has with you, but the intangibles such as this if it wasn't for dogs i wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet you so for those that are listening and maybe can't see josh right now let me reiterate a couple things so josh is wheelchair bound has been for how many years now josh since 2006 so years so throughout all these years since 2006 He's been wheelchair bound and needs somebody to help him virtually with almost everything you do, except for wheeling around and trying to run people over. You can drive, you have a vehicle that you can drive in that's upfitted for your chair. Mm -hmm. Um, But the everyday other tasks such as you know, having to get up to use a restroom or get to a bed, you just can't do, right? That's correct. I rely on a lot of people. So those listening at home right now that can't see you can only hear your voice, right? I can only imagine them hearing your voice for the first time on this cast and thinking, what is this dude talking about, right? Why is he talking like that? 
Um, but your, and I hate to use disabilities because as we're going to see throughout this time that we get to spend together on here, uh, we figure out a way, right? You figure out a way. And even though you need a lot of assistance, each and every day you drive on, like you said, right? And sometimes you need more help than other times, but each and every day you drive on. Yes, sir. I have a short-term memory loss from the BDI. That's probably the hardest thing I've had to deal with. You know, knowing you for some time now, I see that. And that was something that we didn't know getting into, I say, this project. But I think you said it best with, this is not how you planned your life, right? Yeah. But I say the same thing. This is not how I planned my life, nor how I planned to have the privilege to get to know you and to meet you. So I'm going to get into that a little bit and kind of why we're here talking now, because there's some important lessons that we can all learn from this. And the lessons that I learned from you and the inspiration that you give all of us that have the opportunity to know you, to train with you, and to have the little bit of time that we get to hang out with you. And I say a little bit of time because, you know, obviously we're not with you 24 seven, but we get to spend that time with you and it's uh, kind of awesome. And that resonates with everybody that has that opportunity to meet you. So I want to talk a little bit about that for just a moment um, and kind of what brought us together. So, you know, about, well, I'll say it was about a year and a half, two years ago, you came to us with a request and that request was to train you and your dog as a bomb dog team. First and foremost to train your dog, but then to train you to be a handler. And let me go back because we can't mm -hmm. forget that Josh is wheelchair bound, right? <clears throat> and as you can hear through his speech, he's very soft-spoken and because of his TBI, in a short-term memory loss, like this is a project that was going to be intensive to say the, the least, right? And I just remember meeting you and going, well, yes, we can do it. How we're going to do it, I don't know. <laughs> like we're going to have to figure it out. But it was something that I was excited about. And I had told the team after you left, I don't care what it takes. We need to figure it out. And we need to figure out how to help Josh and get him to a point to where he can reach his goals because that's why we do what we do we don't do it for the easy stuff we don't do it for the mundane teaching obedience or training a detector dog those things are pretty elementary in my opinion because we have a process we kind of move through that process and yes we run into some issues but there's nothing more than figuring out. And I talked a little bit about this with Terry on our last episode about thinking outside the box, not getting trapped inside that box and doing everything through a process, but figuring out how we can help people, figuring out how we can fix a dog and utilizing all the tools that we have in our tool bag to do that. And that's what we did in your case was 
we said we we're going to figure it out no matter what it takes and as we know as we sit here today we've backed up and punted we've pivoted we've changed some things we've come together as a team to meet and say okay we need to figure this out because it's simple things like how are we going to get this dog to recall well josh can't yell across the field as you can hear in his voice so we have to figure out another way so we decided to implement a whistle to be able to do that there's a lot of things that we adjusted in order to make this work because at the end of the day josh is going to be a patrol bomb dog handler with his dog and i say at the end of the day because this is a process we're going to move through and the commitment is there throughout the the duration of this however long it takes but there was no shortcuts taken on the curriculum or on his training and what i mean by that is he's going to earn it just like everybody else earned it he's mm -hmm. going to have to control his dog and work his dog and make decisions adjust to the environment and utilize the tool that he's been trained to use in the best way that he can but that doesn't mean that we changed the standards for josh because he's in a wheelchair and that was a discussion we had from the very beginning right josh yes sir i believe i come up here i met y'all about a year ago or a year and a half something like that so i could get to meet y'all and you see my disability and everything that was pretty eye-opening right to us you know on what we were going to have to do to make this work but there was also things that we found out that we didn't know about as we got into this project and that's why i said sometimes we had to pivot sometimes we had to come together as a team and figure that some things out and those were through some very pointed meetings between all of us josh included but there's a lot of things that I learned throughout this process, which we'll talk about, because at the end of the day, we have to learn from everything that we do. Last week, we learned some things from Terry and how Terry got into his business and some of the troubles that he goes through and some things that he may fear in his business and how that evolves, but also how he overcame those things. So today I want to learn some things. I want to give the people that are listening some things that they can learn from Josh because there's so many things that I learned from Josh and I continue to learn on a daily basis. Mm. And as we get through this introduction and we move on, I want to ask you a little bit about your dog, Echo. And that's your current dog, right? Yes, sir. Can you tell us a little bit about Echo? What, what breed is Echo? German Shepherd. She's four or five years old, I believe. Yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of embarrassing me, Josh. You've been through training for this entire time. You don't even know how old your dog, dog is? Okay. Remind me when I see you about this, okay, so I can get on to you. Yes, sir. <laughs> but no, really. German Shepherd, she was originally trained in another discipline, which was IGP, right? You guys were in the sport dog world to start. Yes. Is that right? That's correct, sir. So you did that for a number of years. I remember seeing some videos of you guys training, and then you decided that you were going to make a switch, and you wanted to have her trained as an explosive and patrol dog, correct? That's correct. And why, 
Why make that switch, Josh? Mainly myself. That I could do this. So you made the switch because you wanted to prove to yourself that you can do it. Yes, sir. Man, what a great motivation, right? And I think sometimes we get caught up in and we can't. And I heard you say that a number of times. I remember a very pointed conversation we had where you were kind of downplaying yourself early mm-hmm. on in training and saying stuff like you couldn't do it. So from that point to today, how do you feel about that transition? Pretty confident. I'm happy with that girl. She turned out really nice. Thanks to y'all. Well, we only play a small role in the overall picture, right? We're, we're just giving guidance, giving advice, helping problem solve, and putting you up to bat. But at the end of the day, you still got to hit the ball. And that's what we see every single day you come out is you're going to swing. I'm always on time. Or I try to be. I have a little long drive, though. Y'all been really understanding. Well, we've been understanding, but we've also been very pointed, right, and transparent. And what I mean by that is, is we didn't adjust to standards. Even when you were late, we told you, hey, I don't care what it takes, but you're going to have to get up earlier, but you got to be here on time. Or when the standards weren't met, we still had conversations about, we still have to do this or we have to figure out a way to meet these standards. There's no shortcuts here. Right. So now you have Echo and you made that transition from IGP and now she's trained in explosive detection and patrol. How was that transition moving from IGP to this style of training? Was it difficult? It was difficult because I thought I knew a lot about dogs, which I didn't. I knew how the drive works, but that's about it. But the important thing is here, too, is to understand that you didn't reinvent the wheel either, though. Like, you didn't throw out all your previous training. I think you built upon that, and that's the same thing with Echo, right? Yes. One thing that we have to look at as trainers is also how we take what we have whether it's a green dog and take their capabilities, whether it's a student that's green or has some past experience. And we take and we build upon that to make them into what we need at the end of the day. And in this case, we did the very same thing. For one, you had good documentation with videos. You gave good input. You were transparent. And we took what you and Echo had already. And I will say there was a great foundation there. So whoever did the work with you guys prior to getting here, uh, did a very good job. The bite work had a solid foundation. The drive was there. Your knowledge was there. So we just took all that and made it in and kind of started migrating into what we have today and where we needed to get at the end of the day. I oftentimes see a lot of trainers go into things and go, well, forget everything you learned and do it this way we know then that's really not a good way to approach things 
especially in the case where you've been doing this for a number of years. But more so, how do we figure out as trainers how to take what you have and turn it into what we need now for this project? And that's kind of how we approached this project. We started writing down everything you guys did. We evaluated and assessed the dog. And we took all that stuff and started putting it together and uh, to get us where we are today. And I, I must admit, you guys do a really good job now. Not where we need to be at the end of the day finished, but we're probably about 80% there, I think. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's agree. Now, one last follow-up question as it relates to making this transition. What do you think is the biggest change that you've saw between you and the dog since making that change or that migration? Her demeanor. Explain to us what, what you mean by that. Her attitude's changed, basically. It's no joke. The amount of work y'all put in these dogs. Yeah, I definitely see and the focus. The, to the trainer's course. Making that transition from the handler side of things, and that was one thing you and I had a conversation about, was you making a transition to the training side of things. What was your thoughts when I approached you with that? My thoughts, I don't know. I could do it, you know, but I can. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So let me give a little bit of backstory with that. Let me start here. You know, guys, I started off by telling you that it was a blessing to know Josh and to see him train every day, show up without complaint and push himself beyond, I think, most of us that are listening today could ever do based on his condition. And it was such an inspiration to all of us because in perspective, we deal with very little compared to what Josh deals with every single day. The biggest thing that really hit me, Josh, was the fact that And I guess the reality of what I would go through every day if I was in your situation. And the, what I kept going back to was purpose. And that's really what resonated with me was purpose. And I thought from Josh's perspective, what would be your purpose every day to get up and live the way you, what would be my purpose if I was in your situation? There was a couple of things that I knew for sure. The first thing was you got along with the team. You were one of us. That was the first thing. The second thing is, is your determination and your heart to help others. I think we could find ourselves in a slump very easily if we were in your situation, or at least I would. We complain about the small things. I see students that are late to training consistently. They can't get out of bed on time. They complain about training being difficult or it being hot outside or it's raining outside and why are we training in the rain or why do I need to do this? Can I just take a break? I hear all these things from students that are able body and capable, but there's not one time in this entirety that I've ever heard that from you. It's just crazy. But I go back to purpose, and so that's really what weighed on me very heavily. I just wanted to be a part of 
providing a little bit of that purpose to you because you have so much that you can give to somebody, so much inspiration. You have so much knowledge about dogs. There's a lot of people that are also in your situation that think they can't do this or, and I know that you can be such an inspiration to them because of that. And I just wanted to kind of set the environment to allow you to do that. And so that finds us in a position now where Josh has accepted the challenge to now start training dogs for other people really that need a service dog mm -hmm. that would be in your situation. So Josh is finishing up his handler course in a very short period of time. We'll be attempting certification as a explosives and patrol dog team but at the same time now merging into the training realm and training dogs and training handlers josh what's your thoughts about that new venture i think it's awesome i really enjoy working with dogs and other people you know like people in my what are you lo looking most forward to now that you've taken on that role and now beginning to learn the training side of things? What are you lo most looking forward to with that? Just working with people. I enjoy people and dogs. How many excuses are you going to give us this week on why you can't do something? Zero. <laughs> It's funny that we joke about that, but that's absolutely right. It's just crazy to see you rolling around. I say rolling around, but <laughs> literally rolling around the facility, right? Changing oh, yeah. chairs and working your dog and telling people what to do and helping them with their dogs. It's just crazy, man. I, it, it's just crazy. And, and you just really have to see it. I, I just see everything you do and it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But the best thing is, is you can really pick at people with the best of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I've already gotten three complaints from other staff members that you pick on them too much. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Simon has already filed two complaints and said that you're picking on mm -hmm. them and you're bullying him at work. So we'll have a conversation about that after this meeting about yeah. you picking on Simon too much. He's a big boy. <laughs> so what's your proudest moment so far in training with Echo? What are you most proud of right now? How far she's come since I sent her to y'all. She has come a long way. I enjoy watching her work, getting in older. That's my Yeah, proud. she's almost the perfect doll for you, right? Like I see the bond that you guys have and how she interacts. Mm -hmm. uh, her seriousness when she needs to be around other people or other dogs, but then the the compassion she has for you. It's remarkable. Yeah. Now, I know we talked a little bit about Echo's best moments, but what about yours, Josh? I know you've dealt with some difficulty. Can you tell us one area that was most difficult for you and then how you overcome that difficulty? My memory. I overcame it by taking notes through my phone. That's definitely hard. Okay, yeah. And we also consulted with some specialists, right? Oh, yeah. Called the VA and everything. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how... And, and I say this lightheartedly, right? It's crazy how the VA gets the bad rap with everything. And I understand there's always exceptions to each case, but I have to say 
not just dealing with this situation, but in many other situations. The VA was quick to help us, weren't they? Absolutely. They've been wonderful to me. I can't say enough good things about them. I can't remember a time that I haven't called them for help with a veteran. But they haven't tried to put their best foot forward. Mm -hmm. in, in the case of the TBI, we reached out to several people in the VA. Of course, we reached out to some other resources. Alec, one of our trainers, had some connections as well. Uh, my dad, dealing with the TBI as well. We were able to reach into some of our resources in order to get a good footing on how we can best help you and how we can set things up to be conducive to your learning. And uh, not that we have it all figured out by any means. However, it put us on a great path forward in order to get us to the point we are today. Would you agree? Absolutely. So I guess we send out a good shout out to the VA? Yes, sir. All right, I'll second that for real um, because they really do help in a lot of situations and they have resources. Let's look for the future and let's talk about a little bit about where you see yourself. Let's say in six months, where do you see yourself? Here, friend and dog. That's how I see myself. I'm excited to see the growth that you're going to have not just with ECHO, but also with the training and the projects that you're working on. Uh, hopefully have a handful of veterans in your course or in your courses that you're training. I'm excited to see where you're going to be in six months and where you're going to take the division that you're working on with training service dogs and veterans, right? So can you tell me a little bit about what you, in an ideal world in six months, how many veterans would you have that you would be teaching? As many as possible. Realistically, what does that look like for you, though? How many is too many? How many do you want to have ideally in training with you within this next six months? I'd like to do straws small. Maybe one or two every, say, like six to eight weeks. Okay. Well, that's great. Having a goal on where we're going that can go right back to training, right? where we build small and then increase it from there. But most importantly, we have to know where we're going. What does our goal look like? What goal are we aiming towards? And I know you've thought a lot about that. What you want to do, how you want to do it. Uh, I've gotten all the text and the, the planning that you've been putting into how you want to run that division. I'm going to give you the support you need, but it's something that is going to be your legacy not mine. So that's my commitment to you. I'm going to give you the support, the resources you need. But at the end of the day, it's about you building your legacy. From a personal level, Josh, can you tell us about some of the biggest challenges that you face personally? My memory is one of them. And there's obviously that people you see every day is my not being able to walk a person. It had to be just dependent on a lot of people to help take care of me. So Josh, let me, this wasn't on our notes, but I think there's some important people in your life that help you daily. Would I be right about that? Yes. So I know I've heard and had the privilege to talk to your mom a couple of times, but I know how much you depend on her and how much she does for you. Can you talk a little bit about her? She works in the cafeteria. That is cool. She helps take care of me. She's got a grandchild. 
And what about your dad? He's a good guy. He's there for me. He was about like five minutes on the road for me. I hang out with him often. We go out to eat. He helps out when he can. So we've heard about what your vision is in six months, but you only talked about the dog perspective and what you want to be doing then. But from a personal perspective, Josh, what is something that you work on daily to help you get through each and every day? Just think and on time all right and if there's somebody listening right now that let's say finds themselves in your situation or a situation where it's life changing in an instant what's the one thing you would tell them that someone's been there before you know like people's been through it all never give up never surrender you can do this you know sometimes we just say the words you know, don't give up. You can do it. You know, those things are things that we hear very often from a lot of different people, but never from a person that's been there and done that like mm -hmm. yourself. Right. And that's what kind of gets me the most when I see you train and when I compare you to other students and not that I'm going around comparing you to other students, but I think it's more evident when I hear the complaints or I hear the, I can't do that, or it's hot out here, or we have to train late or long hours. And I look at someone like yourself that gives us that advice to never give up, to, you know, push past the limits that we think that we have. And mm -hmm. that's the thing that I see with you every single day in training. You know, obviously I have a, better insight than most, especially those that are listening to this right now. You know, you being laid up for two weeks with the bed sore or sore yeah. on your backside, and having to let it heal from all the training that you've been doing, you needing help from somebody probably 90% of your time throughout the day. That's help with getting in and out of bed, getting dressed, moving from your chair to the bed, sometimes picking stuff up for you, things that we take for granted. You just never give up and never surrender. You push on every single day. And that's such an inspiration to me. Uh, and I know for a fact that people you've come in contact with that's been training or that work for us or that have an opportunity to meet you feel the same way. A lot of people have whispered in my ear how much they like you and how much they enjoy being around you, but also the inspiration that you give them. When they think life is tough, when they think things are not going the way they think it should, they think about you and the inspiration that you give them. And I pray that everybody that's listening to this or has an opportunity to listen to this, that that point is really driven home with them through this episode and through the things that you accomplish on a day-to-day -day basis that we oftentimes take for granted. But you continue to push to new heights every single day. And that's such an inspiration. I like to think back to the soldier's creed. I'm a American soldier. I'm a warrior, member of a team. I never set the team. I never leave a phone camera. I am an American soldier. I try to live by those ethos.
Man, that's awesome. So there's a couple of things I want to say before we get off here as we wrap it up. So the first thing is, is, you know, Josh is, and this is for everybody out there, Josh is beginning and in the stages of building a division where he's going to volunteer his time, his expertise, and train dogs and veterans and whoever in the heck else he wants to train at no cost. That's something that he's passionate about and something that we're going to support and help him to build that legacy through through his training. So if there's anybody out there that's listening that's interested, please let us know. Again, this is in the infancies. So there will be things that we got to put to some structure and you know how the decisions are made on who gets accepted into the program and who doesn't. But it's 100% going to be Josh's decision on how that runs and how that's built moving forward. We're just going to be here to be the catalyst to help him where he needs it. Not that he needs much help from us, but we're going to lend that help to him as he continues to build that. And then the next thing, I just want to recap some things that I learned from Josh today. And the first thing that I'll go towards is you said this early on when we let off in this episode, you said never quit. And as simple as those two words are, sometimes they're very daunting on a, a lot of us, not just me, but maybe somebody out there that's listening. So let's have that never quit attitude. The next thing that I took from this was that we all have to have a purpose. No matter what that purpose is, it doesn't have to align with what everybody else thinks our purpose should be. Be accepting to where life brings us. But most importantly, have the inspiration that he gives to us. And as we talked about, that can put a lot of weight on your shoulders, Josh. And I made sure that we had that conversation that with the weight that's going to be put on your shoulders because people will begin to depend on you. Are you ready for that? I believe so. Yeah, me too. I have faith in, in this team that you build. Well, everybody plays a vital role in a team, right? It's not one person. We all have roles within this team, and that's the importance of having a great team. Cut it out, man. Cut it out. <laughs> the next thing I learned was, and you said it best, suck up and drive on. Sometimes we don't need to stop and complain and worry about everything else. We just need to suck up and drive on because mm -hmm. those things go away. The last thing is, and you said this almost to start this episode was, you said you wanted to do this to prove to yourself that you could do it. What other justification do we need to do anything? I often think about that because unfortunately in our industry and unfortunately in the world that we live in today, we can't make everybody happy. And there's times where we get attacked or, you know, we have people that are on the outside shooting, arrow, shooting arrows at us. But at the end of the day, we don't need to prove anything to anybody else. Most importantly, we need to prove things to ourselves. And that's really all the justification we need. Josh doesn't have to prove anything to me or to anybody else on the CCU team. He just needs to prove to himself that he can do it. And I'm going to end this episode with that. Just don't get caught up in 
what everybody else is trying to tell us that we need to do or how we need to do it or how bad we are. Or at the end of the day, there's only one person we need to prove anything to, and that's us ourselves. So Josh, I appreciate you teaching me that today. And I pray that there's just somebody out there today. If it's just one person that you were able to inspire and to give them that suck it up and drive on attitude we've accomplished our goals right yes yes never give up never surrender all right man i love you and i appreciate all that you're doing and i just encourage you to keep on proving to yourself that you can do it